0: Welcome, listeners, uh, subscribers, uh, card collectors. Uh, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Here with James Good of ComC. We're going to have a great conversation today. Find out about James' origin story, but uh, and uh, he represents ComC, one of our uh, outstanding sponsors. But we do have other sponsors: uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, uh, of course, ComC, Heritage Auctions, Hogginson Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards. Mike Stadium sports cards as well as tops, panini and upper deck. And, uh, but we're going to focus on not necessarily on composite. We're going to focus on James today, uh, a great name, James. I, I did a dinner about uh, six weeks ago. I do a kind of a monthly men's dinner and, uh, Tim came one time when I did uh, card collectors, but the one I had in, in, uh, what was that? August was men named Jim, Jimmy or James. You could have been invited. <laughs> I had fifteen I guys could've. here. I had fifteen guys here. There were ten Jims, two Jimmies, and three Jameses. So uh it's a great name. <laughs> and
1: uh, a lot of Jays in that room. Uh, a
0: lot nobody had to worry about he just had to worry about whether they were being called by a nickname <laughs> or a formal name. But uh tell us about your origin story and uh how you you know what you did before you got to Comcey, a little bit about what you uh do at Com but I I want to get you back later. And just talk about Com C and the and that. So let's focus first on uh, on your origin story as a collector. And if you're sure. a dealer or any of those things, just uh, give us uh, sure. give us some context.
1: Yeah. So my earliest memories of sports is um, watching my grandpa, uh, you know, root for the 49ers during their early 90s run of Super Bowls. Um, and so by de facto, my entry into sports was as a 49ers fan living in Seattle. Um, so, you know, we would watch 49ers games and we my grandpa wasn't really into baseball that much. So it was mostly just football, um, and professional wrestling. We were, he got me hooked on, you know, the Hulk Hogan's and <laughs> macho man, Randy Savage's of the world. Um, and so that led to, I think I was about five years old, Christmas of 1991. My mom got me a box of trading cards and I don't remember all the cards. I know there were some like 88 and 89 or 88 and 87 tops in there. Um, but the ones that stood out were the 91 fleers, um, <laughs> And nowadays uh, in my collecting world, the 91 Fleers are horrible design, but back then I, I love the bright colors as a kid. Um, and so once I got that little box of, you know, 200 or so baseball cards, it was off to the races. And all throughout <laughs> the nineties, I collected as many cards and I just wanted to gather as many trading cards as possible. You know, I had the big white five, sh- five row shoe boxes just yeah. stacked. You know, I had my cards organized, baseball, football, basketball. Um, and I loved it. I, I would go to the store with my grandma and my grandpa on the weekends. I, I, I would go to their house, uh, for weekends. I would always get a pack. It usually was upper deck collector's choice. That was my, that was my product of choice as, you know, a nine and 10 year old growing up in the hobby in the nineties. Um, and that's really how my collecting days got started. Uh, I collected all throughout the nineties. Uh, I was really into Seattle sports, um, supersonics and mariners, you know, and we had that great baseball revival in the mid nineties up here in the Northwest. Um, So so to me, it was the the best of both worlds. You know, just in my backyard, I had Ken Griffey Jr. playing. I had Randy Johnson. Alex Rodriguez yeah, right. was coming up. Uh, and then, you know, once that ended, you switched to basketball and we have the Supersonics. We have Sean Kemp. We have Gary Payton. Um, so it, it was just a great time. Uh, I kind of fell out of the hobby as I got into high school in the early 2000s. But around 2005, 2006, I really started to fall in love with uh, fantasy football, fantasy baseball. And that led me back into the hobby um, like full bore. Uh, once I found out you could prospect, I remember starting to do group breaks, um, as early as 2007. That's uh, early. Was, that's very yeah. early, isn't it? Yeah, it was with forums. So there wasn't even any video. You just took the word, you know, you sent them <laughs> PayPal, they ripped it, and you got your prospects. I remember doing that. I was really big on the Giants that year because they had a lot of good young arms, as well as, um, Tim what <sighs> had rookie cards that year.
0: Were you, uh, I'm not hearing much about selling. Were you just accumulating and, and, and getting I, more and more cards or were you trading or selling or? Otherwise,
1: as a kid, yeah. as a kid, it was for me, it was just accumulating and trading locally. Um, I, I don't live in, I didn't live directly in Seattle. I lived in the smaller kind of outskirts. Um, my graduating class was 130 people. Um, so, so I, I come from a small town of about 5,000 people. Okay. Um, so not a whole lot of traders or not a whole lot of collectors out there. My first selling experience was probably in 2002, 2003, um, via eBay. Uh, I had really, um, for whatever reason, I just started playing fantasy football, and I had honed in on Anquan Bolden yeah. of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and I remember making a killing on him, and that allowed me, you know, as a high schooler with no money, that actually was like yeah. a huge windfall for me. Okay. Um. So then, you know, you get into you know the later years at the, the 2008s, and that's when I really started to do the buying and selling thing on eBay and through forums and online. And that's when, for me, anyways, it felt like the real explosion of you know once once you put the concept of hey, I don't have to just trade or buy or sell locally; you can do this all online. Uh, that's when it all kind of made sense and all clicked. And that's when I started to do just about everything in the hobby. So for me, currently, uh, I mostly just do buy, I, I do everything. You know, I, I'm a collector. I still collect my Seattle guys. I collect, um, Mitch Hanniger of the Seattle Mariners and Daniel Vogelbach, who's yeah. one of my all time favorite players. Um, and yeah, I, I do that. I, I try to go to the local shows. I don't get out there as much as I'd like. Um, I go to the national every year with Com I'm very blessed to be able to do that. Um, and then also as, as of late, I, I have a real urge to rip wax, uh, specifically retail wax when I, when I go to the grocery store, I just can't help myself.
0: I was reading about that. I hope you can help yourself. But, uh, it, the problem is it's an addiction if you're like losing, uh, all your money and it's, it, it, but it turns out you perhaps are able to pick, uh, uh, nuggets, <laughs> gold, zions and things out of so, it. It, was that just a trial and error, or do you have some skill in picking the right uh, Walmart or Target?
1: <laughs> no, there, there's no skill in that at all. Um, so, I mean, working in the industry, obviously, you know, hobby boxes are much better than retail boxes. Yeah. Um, on, on the flip side, getting a retail box is way more convenient than getting a hobby box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just happens to be, you know, two feet away from the counter when you're checking out. Um, well, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. James. I mean, the problem is
0: the Walmarts and Targets I go to don't have any of the good product. Have you been here <laughs> or is just people yeah. uh, you know, so, they so, just don't last uh, on the shelf. So how are you finding the better product? Are you having to drive long distances to find uh, obscure out of the way uh, retail
1: places? So, so <laughs> there, there's a nice little loop of about 11 different targets and Walmarts within a 60 mile radius of me. And living in the Pacific Northwest, it's absolutely beautiful out here. So oh. when the weather's nice, I don't mind making that loop. I've made it a couple of times in the last month. Um, but, you know, uh, most of us know, or, or some of, uh, you know, the collectors around here know that the targets generally restock on like Mondays and Thursdays. Yeah. Um, so those are the two best days. And, and funny enough, Jim, when I did hit my Zion Williamson Black 101 out of, um, Prism Draft retail, I actually flew with it down to Dallas a couple weeks ago yeah. to get it graded at BGS. And I actually stopped at, um, Nick's down there. Yeah, um, uh, yep. but I also stopped at what they call a super target, which we don't have up here and yeah. their trading card section was miserable. Um, <laughs> so, so I feel you there. Um, But when I'm buying retail products, I really only want to buy the retail exclusives, like the mega boxes were a really hot product for Prism Draft or like Tops Holiday. I-, I like I like retail exclusive products only or like Winter Hoops, for example. Um That's one that I'm currently looking for.
0: Why is that? Do you think they're they have uh, parallels that are that uh, you can sell on Comp C or,
1: or eBay so, or so- what? So, so that's one of the, that's one of the unique things, you know, working at ComC, I'm able to get newer products onto the site faster when I just, you know, hand deliver it to our yeah. team and a week later it's up on the site. Um, but for me, it's like, if I want to bust, you know, tops update, I would rather buy a hobby box than buy it at the retail store just because the configurations are worse in yeah. the retail store. Yes. Um, but on the flip side, when there's no hobby configuration for like winter hoops or when there's, you know, in, in the, in the prism mega boxes, there were, I think you got, Somewhere between ten and twelve target red prisms, for example, um, you know those had a lot of value. Getting those up onto Com C first. So for me, when I was able to get the mega boxes early into the release window of Prism Draft, I knew that it would be really, really hard to lose money on such a hot product. Um, and so for me, it was if I saw that if I saw those mega boxes on the shelf, I was gonna uh, you know buy them and I was gonna rip them.
0: So you're you're when you go to these retail places, you you have an idea what you're looking for, and frequently they're just not there. Is that because yeah, that, they didn't get that's them true. or they got such a small amount that somebody else, or, or are you just showing up uh, the morning of delivery and scooping everybody?
1: No, um, you know, there was some that, you know, it was clearly they sold out or they only had a couple left. Um, but, you know, I, I have an idea of what I'm looking for um, and, and specifically when I was out searching for the mega boxes. Yeah. Uh, and I never, I never thought that the story was going to end with me hitting a one of one Zion out of those. That was just incredible. I thought. At best, okay, maybe I'll hit a Zion auto, you know, yeah. because I did open about 20 of them, but to hit that card out of retail, it was just, you know, it was, it was silly to me. Um, it was overwhelming at first for sure.
0: Uh, I would say yes. I mean, I hope, you know, for for listeners, I mean, James, I've, I've seen you at some of the shows and we've, we've talked a little bit and you're a very personable guy, but you also have some, you know, analytical, you know, like I do of trying to figure out what's the best deal and all that stuff. But just for the benefit of the listeners, uh, what, James is talking about was a rare occurrence. It doesn't happen, uh, very often. And that's what makes it so noteworthy that, uh, uh, retail does have some good stuff in there, but it's, you know, the, the, the best stuff is perceived to typically be in the hobby configurations.
1: Yep. And so, I mean, for me, right now, you know and, and I bust product, you know, because it's fun yeah um but but for me my I guess right now, my position as specifically a collector and not a com employee is you know i like I, I like the entrepreneurial aspect, the investing in players and the the guessing and playing the long game, um and so that's kind of my position now whenever I'm out at the national you know i'm Probably not looking for established, you know, cards that have, you know, established value. I'm looking for guys who can blow up in the next year or so. Okay. And and I'm also looking for cards that visually appeal to me. So I think there's a lot of younger collectors who will, you know, buy the Luka Doncic Prisms of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, on the on the premise that they'll gain value. For me, I like the eye appeal of a card as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that plays a big aspect into what cards I buy. Um, to potentially sell in the future.
0: But when you're buying, uh, and and uh busting all this retail product. I mean, aren't you left with a lot of base cards? What, what do you do with those?
1: Yeah, I do have a, I do have a very large stack of base prism draft. And, um, I probably, I don't have any plans for them. Um, you know, I might, I might dump them to somebody who does sell at shows, you know, I don't set up at shows, yeah. but maybe one of the Com C employees or one of my friends do set up at shows and, you know, I'll get a few bucks for them. Um, but you know, yeah, I am left with just stacks and stacks of base cards. So that, that, that is a reality.
0: Uh, what do you do social media wise with respect to just you as a person, not necessarily you as, as, uh, ComC?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I like to stay involved in the hobby. You know, I am com- the communications manager for yeah, ComC. Yeah. So that means I handle all of our social, uh, and marketing in my own personal, uh, time. You know, I like to post my cards and my flips and things like that. But I also like to record, um, I like to do videos. Um I have a podcast i, I don't want to name drop it or anything else. I try to keep my personal life separate oh. from you know cards um but I am familiar with the podcasting i i do yeah. a weekly podcast uh i 've been venturing a little more into youtube content as well yeah um so so i'm kind of i see myself as a content creator um in my in my yester years you know before com c I like to travel with bands and do yeah. like kind of like tour videos and things like that um so i have a i have a background in videography um that mm. i've kind of gotten away from you know as my role at com c has expanded and um you know, I recently got married in August, so it's like there's yep. not a whole lot of free time in my life anymore to do those things. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do see myself as a content creator. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty active, pretty active with my content online. Well, you are pretty active with ComC as well. But uh, you know, when very we, very when
0: I had uh, my company back in the old days, we really encouraged people to moonlight and have side gigs as long as it wasn't uh, uh, competitive, uh, because people were, uh, in effect, sharpening their skills. And so we had a lot of fun with people. Uh, starting side businesses, uh, you know, in, in graphic is a lot of our graphic design team did a lot of uh, work on the side and work together and stuff. So just like I say, sharpening your skills. So I see that as you doing something like that. If you do something you love and you do something you're good at, then uh, it's, it's, it's fun to go to work, <laughs> whether it's for pay or for, uh, for uh, your, your hobby. So you're getting to do all that together, all together, which is exactly what I did. And uh, as befits a couple of guys named my 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 name's James too i have James Beckett the uh, third but we're uh, essentially out of town James any last minute question for me I've really enjoyed hearing your uh, hobby journey uh, any quick question
1: uh, you know I don't have any I don't have any questions I have followed your podcast you know and I've I've listened to a, a good chunk of it and I really like the content. Um, so I would just say, you know, we definitely need more uh more podcasts and more content like this in the hobby. And I think that yours being bite-sized the way it is is very unique. So you've you've done a really good job positioning yourself in the hobby. Um right. so I'm just very thankful to have been a part of, you know, being able to record with you today. Well then I'll
0: just have to have you back on <laughs> James. Thanks for the compliment. But I do I'm trying to have a niche and I uh, you know, again, Com C is a company that came out uh pretty much after I was uh uh, off the scene for the most part, but uh, I really admire people that do stuff. And I've been thinking about doing uh, some kind of a uh, blogging or whatever, and just kind of uh, figured out this, this would be a good format for me. So I'm glad you like it. Hope other people do too. Thanks listeners. Thanks, James. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode and uh, James, keep up the good work at ComC. Uh, enjoyed talking to you today. Thanks.